because what's happening right now is not okay. There's too many people being harmed by government, too many lives being destroyed. The majority of politicians don't care. Nobody on the left has been willing to stand up to what is obvious fascism and tyranny. I'm trying to barrel through. It's like eons of information. You guys agree on 95% of the same shit. You're just arguing on how to achieve it. So I, that, that does piss me off. I was having a fit and like the breakdown. I'm like, God damn it. Why the f couldn't we have run Gary Johnson 2012 in 2016? Yelling, whatever, get government out isn't good enough. And if you can answer the but what about, they are blown away. I think one of the best ways to start community, like if you don't know how or you're not really sure how to approach it in your area, is to find something that people can rally behind. It is imperative. We are the only ones with the right idea on this. We have to be the ones out there, not just on this, on everything. My good friend, uh, the host of Fritz Cast, uh, and all around badass, it is uh, Mr. Fritz. Sir, how are you doing tonight? If you casually get into the liberty movement, Larry Sharp is right. You either become more libertarian or you leave. What's up, guys? It's Thursday. Thursday. November 11th, 2021. And uh, I just wrapped up this conversation, actually, on a Wednesday night uh, with uh, Karen and Harlos, the pink flame of liberty. And uh, in our discussion, we talked a lot about what's going on with her recently being removed from the uh, LNC secretary position, things that are going on with the Libertarian Party of Delaware, but also it's things that are going on with the Libertarian Party all across this great nation in many different states, many different uh, shenanigans, chicanery, whatever you want to call it, going on. And uh, I think it's an important discussion to have. It's sad that we have to have it, but this is, this is where we're at um, with the recent happenings in Delaware. I don't think I have to bring anybody up to speed, and if I do, there's multiple other sources that you can go to to get these breakdowns of, of what has happened in Delaware and what's going on. Uh, but it's such tomfoolery. It's such. It's so sad and bad that this is happening to libertarians, if not deliberately sabotaging libertarian libertarians. Because of what's going on in this nation, the the gross overreaches of government going on, continuing to go on, the biggest fight of our lives laying in front of us, and we're choosing to butt heads and squabble and try to take over party assets and drive other people out of the party. It's really, really sad. Uh, but I think we had a great discussion. So without further ado, without further delay... Let's dive right into it. Karen Ann Harlow's on FritzCast right here, right now. Karen Ann Harlow's, welcome to FritzCast. Hi, well, thank you for inviting me. I'm always thrilled to be invited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited and happy to have you. Sometimes, I, you know, the circumstances may be not so much, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I'm still very, very happy to have you. Yeah, the circumstances kind of suck, but, you know, whenever libertarians can get together, that's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, before we dive into any of the current ongoings, let's just go a little bit into, in, into your backstory and your, your history with the Libertarian Party, and then we'll kind of crash course into what's going on in, in not only your world, but in my world in Delaware as well, because uh, it's, it's wacky, crazy, all sorts of insane bullshit, so... 
So I don't know how far back you want to go. Um, but, you know, I've been involved with the party crap seven years now, um, pretty intensely involved um, most of that time on either the state board of the Libertarian Party of Colorado or the National Committee, but also just involved in general libertarian activism, polemics, media. I mean, I, there's very little that I haven't done and anyone who's been involved in the party in any amount of time probably is at least familiar familiar with some of it. I mean, it's even a bit too much, I guess, to, <laughs> to get into into great detail. My, my latest stint was, was a secretary of the Libertarian National Committee. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't obey the diktat of a rogue LNC. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm still the secretary of the LNC, whether they recognize it or not, because I was duly elected by delegates at convention, not by a bunch of self-styled bureaucrats, four of whom weren't even elected by a majority vote as I was. So, you know, they can pound sand. Right. No, that's that's part of the reason why I love your fire, though. But uh just just thinking back on when you were you were becoming a, a more prominent figure in the liberty movement i remember i would just refer to you as the as the pink haired lady yeah so and it was a deliberate marketing choice uh when i first came into the party i did not have pink hair um it was a deliberate i and i like pink it, it's not like i don't like it and i do like having pink hair but some people you know think it was just some kind of frivolous thing not realizing that it is a deliberate marketing choice that if you're in a minority viewpoint already in the world and an virtually unknown in some kind of movement you have to do something to make yourself distinguishable so it's not just within the libertarian party that i'm the pink-haired lady within the local colorado political scene of all stripes you know they see me coming a mile away because of that so it's only opened a lot of doors for me but it was a deliberate marketing choice yeah, no, and it and it's worked too. And I've seen I've seen you post videos at uh, I want to say it was like town council that that you were at yeah. bringing up points, and that's something that personally I like to see. I like to see uh, the, there's a bunch of us libertarian podcasters and all that, and some people might only think of us as like these shameless grifters that are just you know going online and and telling people pay us some money, you know, become patreons and all that, but. A lot of us yeah, are listen the, to the young see it's all a dirty rumor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot of us are the type that, you know, they that we go to town council meetings, we're emailing our representatives, we're we're out there trying to be like a force uh of of libertarianism, of the ideology. We're trying to push that and and hold, you know, elected officials feet to the fire, uh, which is a very important aspect of all this. It's more than just more than just being, you know, a program or talking about things, it's, it's going out and actually putting, you know, putting your shoulder to the wheel and pushing work along. Yeah, the, the least important thing I do is my show. Um, a lot of people don't re know because either they're new or, you know, a lot of time has passed. But I was also one of the ones back at the time when ballot selfies were the huge controversy that was going on in, in, in New Hampshire up in your neck of the woods-ish. Um, as well, I was one of the ones who successfully sued the state of Colorado for the right of political free speech in order to photograph um, your ballot. And I won that suit and got my attorney's fees paid for to boot. So there's a lot of things I do that have um, not all that much directly to do with the Libertarian Party. I'm also involved with getting RCV on the ballot in Colorado, because I think that's really the only way that minority political voices are going to get heard. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of I guess competing strategy on on how to broaden the movement, broaden the outreach beyond you know beyond the duopoly, beyond Democrats and Republicans, yes. the same old, same old. Um, do you think? Do you think that there's that there's a unified front that we should be on for that, or is this just kind of like we want to pave that way for many political voices, our own included, but even those who aren't necessarily libertarian, but they're not part of the two system that that's in place now. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, in, in the electoral arena. I'm firmly convinced ranked choice voting is it. Yeah. Um, and then after that, proportional representation. But proportional representation is a harder sell. So I think ranked choice voting um, will open the door to that. Now, there are other alternative voting systems, and each of them have their good and strong points. But after examining them all, I've come down on the one that has the best chance of success is RCV. Though, unfortunately, some vested interests and threatened duopoly types are trying to tie RCV into things like top two or top four, and they could, am I allowed to cuss on this? Uh, you are free to okay. fire away. Yeah. I'm not going to censor okay, it. I never know. They could shove that ballot censorship right up their fucking asses, which is literally what I told them, mud quorum. And it's funny because nobody in RCV Colorado got all upset when I told that guy to shove it right up his ass. But oh my God, the LMC would have been clutching their pearls. Mm. Mm. I think I think the RCV route is a, definitely a, a different route to go, and I think that when you're trying to take on a system that's in place such as ours in America, I mean, it's just this monumental. Like anything that you can do to chip away at it, I think is is probably a good step to take, or at least a good thing to analyze and think about. Just because uh, I think too many libertarians, for some reason, think that we can just like. Thanos the system we can just snap it away and I'm like it doesn't really work that way yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of different angles and you know the only reason I keep bringing up the, the RCD thing a because I truly truly believe in it but because I also laugh at some of the um amateur psychologists uh a couple of them on the LNC going oh she's so upset because the OT is her entire life and they don't realize I've been on the policy um, committee of RCV Colorado for well over a year. I do a hell of a lot more than LP stuff. And I think when people assume that, that says a little bit more about their shallow life than mine. Yeah, it, it, there could be some projection going on there. I think there's quite a bit of projection um, going on. I would say that might have been true about three years ago. The LP was probably pretty unhealthily my life. But um, as I've gotten more educated about politics and learned about more opportunities, I've definitely have diversified because freedom is not going to come all in just the LP basket. It really isn't. And I'm in this for freedom. I love the party, but I'm not in it for party for party's sake. I'm in it for freedom. And if I could find other avenues to pursue freedom, I'm going to do that as well. And I've just become so convinced that electoral reform is absolutely needed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a, that, that's another route that I've been taking. No, I think, I think that that's important uh, because too often I think people get hung up in, in the party play. I've, I've over the past couple of months, and we're going to talk a little bit about it, but over the past couple of months, I've kind of more adopted the George Washington philosophy of fuck yo parties. <laughs> like that's where I'm getting at with a lot of it. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, 
I, you know, I, I don't care if the person has an L on their name, if they don't really encompass libertarianism, I wouldn't vote for them. Like I, I would not just because they have the L next to their name. Yeah, I'm not at that point. Um, and I could really explain why, because I think third party politics are a little bit different. I think when you vote for a libertarian candidate, you're not really voting for the candidate, you're voting for the party. Um, because third party politics are so different and we're constantly fighting for our life for ballot access. True. That even terrible libertarian candidates, that I, particularly when I know they're not going to win, I vote for them for the sake of the party. I mean, I'm still a hopeless partisan. I'm never, I'm not denying that. It's just, I, I do, I am involved in other things, but I am a hopeless libertarian partisan. That has yeah. not changed. Yeah. No, and everybody has like like i said everybody kind of has a different angle or philosophy on it but we we have been talking a little bit back and forth about about bureaucracy in the lnc and and certainly in in the state of delaware we have an interesting you know course of events going on what what do you think is going on because it's not just it's not just limited to the lnc it's not just limited to delaware Mm -hmm. it's happening all over the place there's lots of this it, it seems like completely antithetical to libertarianism going on with party state party different affiliates like what's your take on this and you know i'm gonna get a bit conspiratorial some of it i can prove some of it is just intuition some of it is educated guesses and um the things i can't prove them i'd be glad to be wrong on but i i think we saw one strategy in new hampshire which was to try to find a well first to get back to the underlying problem there's a battle for the soul of the party right now right and i want to make one thing clear right now the battle is because it's being taken over by leftists but i want to make it equally clear that if i thought the party was being taken over by the right i would be just as incensed and just as pissed off and battling it just as bad i hate both the left and the right pretty damn equally i want us to just be libertarian and probably about between 2008 and 2012, we had a really bad, like, neocon infiltration into this party, mm-hmm. really bad. And that got battled off, thank God. I mean, go to the Wayback Machine and look at some of the old LP websites. Man, you've never seen so many damn red, white, and blue and eagles in your entire fucking life. It made me just want to vomit in my mouth. No offense to your thing in the back there. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, I, I get I'm it. Just, I'm not a big flag person. But um, now it's the left. And people don't want to admit it. And they keep going, yeah, but what about the right? I go, talk to me about the right when the right is a problem in our party. It's not. Right now, it's the left. And um, the left hates the Mises caucus because they think they're some kind of like conservatives. Well, they're conservatives compared to the far left. I'll give them that. But they're not conservatives. They're libertarians. So there's a libertarian takeover of the party away from the leftists. And the leftists don't like it. That's exactly what's going on right now. The same thing happened again against the right. And um, the strategy was first tried in New Hampshire to find a weak chair, exploit that chair like they did with Gillette Jarvis to try to take over a state party with the complicity of the Libertarian National Chair. That didn't work. I don't think they'll try that again. And I think the states where the Mises Caucus or the actual Libertarians, whether they're in the Mises Caucus or not, because I don't really ultimately care what caucus someone is in. I just think most of the actual libertarians are in the Mises caucus right now. Not all of them, certainly not all of them, because I wasn't until recently. Um, I I think the Mises caucus is getting smarter that they will not leave the chair um, 
seat was so vulnerable. So now what they're doing is doing dirty tricks to try to provoke the LNC into disaffiliating parties hmm. and then hoping that they can take control in a reaffiliation effort. So that's why I think all this talk of disaffiliating Delaware is the worst possible solution and that some of the people that are suggesting it are doing it because they're part of this type of agenda and others are just being useful idiots. And um, there is absolutely no reason for the LNC to disaffiliate Delaware here. The fact that people on the LNC list are even discussing that, including Delaware's regional representative, the words disaffiliate should never come out of your regional representative's mouth um, unless the, the um, majority of the national party members in that state have specifically requested that, which they have not, um, is really, really frightening because we've already seen the signs in other states. There are two groups in Colorado who are whispering in our regional representative's ear, lying about what's going on with our state board to try to set up a case for disaffiliation here. I am not being paranoid. That is in fact happening in Colorado. Now, I suspect it's happening in other states. Can't prove it. Suspect it's happening in states like Nevada as well, which has the same corrupt regional representative as Colorado has. So that's the next strategy. So this needs to be defeated in Delaware, just like the chair takeover model was defeated in New Hampshire. So again, I do care about Delaware, but I make no bones about it that just like I was defending Colorado by proxy, by defending New Hampshire, I am also still defending Colorado by proxy, by defending Delaware. So of course I will say back in 2016, when I ran for the LNC, you know, when, in 2020, when I ran, I ran on an anti-corruption platform and that's what got me removed, the bastards. But in 2016, what I ran on, a lot of people don't know this. I could go back to the old speeches. I ran on a platform of protecting affiliates from the LNC. Yeah. And it's so funny. I fulfilled that destiny and paid the ultimate price. And you want to know what? I do it all over again. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and if I got reinstated, which I'm not because the JC has ruled against me, but let's say in an alternate universe I did, and then this Delaware thing came up, I'd get removed all over again for Delaware. Because no way am I going to let the LNC be the predator upon affiliate parties. Yeah, and this is this is a crazy situation to be in. This is actually one of the, the not to this level, but it's this is the same reason I would cite that uh, I started my show back in 2015 when I was like I, I was kind of fresh libertarian from 2013 and on. And then I started this show and I started, you know, being a little bit more active in politics, but I didn't really take this dive into being involved into local like affiliate libertarian party until this past 2020. And, and now with this coronavirus was like my last push. I was like, all right, I need to be involved because things are going on even in my own backyard that I don't like. And, and I need to know who my reps are. I need to be out there and I need to be pushing for the things that I like. But for the longest time, I had this bad like taste in my mouth of I don't want to like I, I don't want to go in here. I've heard you know rough things about you know how these how these people act and and how these how how things go, and it was a turn off. And then I dive in and I'm like, wow, if I was a brand new person coming in, like if I was a brand new person coming into a Delaware meeting 
and everything that's going on here right now is going on. I would, it, I would surely be turned out and be like, this is not worth the headache and the hassle. And I wouldn't be getting involved, but yeah. I feel like I for so many saying. years, I, I feel like for so many years, I didn't do that. And now I'm in it and I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I might as well fight because, you know, what's the worst that they can do to me? And the, the LNC is on the cusp of one or two things. It's funny, two extremes. They're on the cusp of doing the right thing and fixing it. You know, as much as I dislike the current LNC, I see some hope in the messages that are being posted that they might actually do the right thing. But it's funny, as I see no middle ground, I think they're either going to do the absolute right thing or the worst possible thing. Right. I don't think there's like any middle ground right now because I'm reading some of these messages, particularly the last one by Richard Longstreth. Oh my God, like, could you come up with a shittier take? I don't think you could if you tried. Now, Susan's summary was decent. You know, I'll give it up to her. Her, her summary was decent, but it was way too milk toast. Um, and it wasn't complete. Like she left out some crucial facts. So I'm gonna be going over some of those crucial facts in, my, in a show I'm gonna do later tonight, but I'm also going to write out a written narrative to the LNC and, um, email it to each of them. Some of them won't read it, but other ones obviously will to try to get them to do the right thing, you know, by Delaware, because, you know, ultimately that's what's important here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred, I agree a hundred percent. And just, I'm hoping I, I've, I've contacted my, uh, my region representatives on the LNC and, and I've floated out there. Uh, my take on on the events so that they have you know somebody from Delaware spilling it out um, but it, it's just it's weird because coming into the coming into the party over the last year and a half like it definitely hasn't been uh, it hasn't been a welcoming one uh, just because of caucus affiliation and it's it's right. crazy it's that it comes to that but and it, and, and it really is silly. And people are pretending like this is like some new thing and they're all outraged at the Mises caucus. And it's like, people learned some history. This isn't the first like time something like this has happened. Caucuses exist to change the party to an agenda they agree with. That's the whole purpose of a caucus. There's nothing nefarious about it. Um, in fact, if we wanted to start judging the nefariousness level of caucuses, the most nefarious one of all time was the caucus that got the entire fucking platform deleted in 2006 and gutted libertarianism out of the party. So like I have zero sympathy for the people whining about the Mises caucus because they never in a million years would have had the hutzpah to do something like that. So listen, and we survived that and nobody tried to take over state parties over that. Nobody did all of this Machiavellian bullshit over that. You know what they did? They said, well, we got to rebuild to something we like better. But like to pretend like the Mises caucus is some kind of aberration, like, oh my God, they want to change the party. The radical caucus wants to change the party. The Prague caucus wanted to change the party. The old reform caucus wanted to change the party. Hello, are you just like a political baby that don't realize that's what caucuses are for? Unless you're talking about the more fun ones like the Waffle House, you know, or any yeah. of that. Those, but those are just, those are clubs. Those aren't caucuses. They're, they're just for fun. But mm -hmm. actual real caucuses, if they're not trying to push their agenda, then they're useless. 
Yeah, it's just it, it would be just like wearing a little pin that says, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, to get a butt hurt over that shows me that you're not ready for politics. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's crazy because that's the next bit that I was going to ask you. Do you think that this going on on a national scale, like, you know, broken down into into sub affiliates and all that, but do you think it's because there's people that really want to get serious about in, enacting and infecting these changes and, and pushing against the status quo in America, or do you think it's because we be it's because we're becoming a little bit more successful in that, or do you think it's something else? I don't really know. I I, I mean, when it comes to like the Mises Caucus thing, I'm. It's funny to me that the people that are rebelling against it are the ones that yelled for years that all we want to be is a social club. Then the minute an organized group comes along that actually starts doing real political shit that isn't social club, all of a sudden they're all ass mad about it. It's like, okay, well then who was it really that just wanted to keep their little positions of power in a social club? Yeah. You know, I'm thrilled to see a caucus acting like a caucus, raising money, running candidates, trying to affect change. And the way you, if you don't like the change they're trying to affect, the way that you uh, counter it, it's by starting a competing caucus or going to that caucus and trying to enact change within that caucus. There's things I don't agree with in the Mises caucus and they're very well known. I've said that, I've said it right to them, you know, but the very fact that they tolerate any kind of criticism um, from me goes, just goes to show me that all these people go, they don't tolerate criticism. It's just a big fat lie because, um, I don't think anyone thinks that I'm very well known for holding back criticism from anybody. I don't. I don't hold it back from them, anybody, my friends, my foes. It doesn't matter um, because my highest principle is my integrity. And that needs to I, I believe that needs to be more people's highest principle when it comes to this. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I think it's one of those situations where like it's 95% we're, we're in agreement and we're moving mm -hmm. in the same direction. And then it's over maybe 5% of things where we butt heads on. And unfortunately it's not just, we don't just butt heads. We, we apparently devolve into this where it becomes, I'm going to play dirty politics in a party where, you know, I said principles above everything. And that's what really gets me. That's what really gets me over the whole thing of like, I came here to be, you know, the party of principle and stand up for, you know, these principles and all that. And now I'm seeing people who toss that out the window because, you know, apparently stopping the Mises caucus or stopping this group of people is more important than working together, unifying on that front and moving forward. Well, it, I, part of it is because we no longer agree on principle now, do we? When you have the LNC claiming that things that hurt their feelings True. Um, that they personally consider quote unquote abusive and what they they're just using the word abusive as a stand in for badly hurt my feelings. Let's be mm -hmm. real here um, is a violation of the non aggression principle. We don't even know what our principles are. That's true. Because because let, let me be very blunt. These, these are my these are my alleged violations of the non aggression principles. I called them fuckers. I said that they were scared of hearing member comment, which of course I can never prove. It's a guess that I have by their behavior. No one who is actually scared of hearing from the members is going to admit it. 
but that's my reasonable guess. And I have reasonable reasons for believing that. Um, and just various things like that. Um, it's just been opinions I have about certain motives and certain actions that they now say violated the non-aggression principle because they don't think it's true and they think it put, paints them in a poor light. Well, grow up big babies, you are public figures. Do you wanna know how much crap is set against me? I don't like it. Do you think I like half the shit I read about me sometimes? No, but I'm a public figure and I've learned as a libertarian, if I don't like what's being said, I change the channel. Nobody's forcing me to read it. Nobody's forcing me to listen to it. It's like grow up. If you're a public figure in politics, people are gonna say things about you that you think are unfair and that you don't like and that are gonna hurt your feelings. And to try to remove somebody over that just tells me that you're not ready for the state because they're gonna do a hell of a lot more than hurt your precious little feelings. Yeah, that's something where, like, when people start talking about the non-aggression principle and stuff, they when I see the when I see those three letters on Twitter, nap, I'm like, do we, are we in agreement on what we're even talking about, or is this right. are we going left field with it? Because feelings, you know, I it, it, it's politics. That just as you said it, um, things are going to be said. Um, you you have to. You have to be able to walk around with thick skin. And if you don't have it, then perhaps you shouldn't be where you're at. Yeah, it's, it's, and now you've got like the Libertarian Party of Massachusetts wanting to throw people out for alleged violations of the NAP. And all they are is hurt feelings and what some lady threatened to troll. Now, trolling is a violation of the NAP. Get fucking real. I guess memes are I mean, a violation really, of the NAP. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Then I, I can't I can't get behind that. It's the same thing in, in Delaware. I believe the the AOA and the bylaws like are, are giving the state board complete control to vote on who's who's actually a member and give them the power to expel a member as well. And that's just that's I'm like wow. it the, it's the Will McVeigh Tyranitarian Party of Delaware. Yeah, and and that's something where I've had I've had you know civil discussion with Will. I'm I'm not trying to be name calling towards him i'm not trying to you know pick on him for for any other thing other than you know i i do call him dear leader that's you know i do do that <laughs> and but it's at the same time i'm like justify to me how you you decided anything that you've done is principled and for the betterment of the party i don't you know he doesn't I, he probably doesn't think i have a right to say that since i just recently showed up in the party to be active but Oh, no, he can't criticize you for that because his henchman, the guy who doesn't ever blink, has only been in the party four months, right? <laughs> There's some disputes on how long Joe, how long Joe's been in the party now, too. Apparently, they're floating around that it's been over a year, but... He said four months, I think. My memory I, could be wrong because I got distracted so badly by how few times he blinks. Um, but he said he was very new. He, he said he, he was very new. He did say that he was very new and getting interested in the party, you know, and wasn't caucus affiliated. And, and as much as he's, as much as he has said, it's not about the Mises caucus. He's the one that was posting, you know, Mises oh, caucus on a tombstone, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And I'm, I've said, I've, I've put it out there to him where I'm like, I'll have a discussion with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name call you or anything. We can have that discussion if you want, but thus far, like and what's really funny to me is I think one of the biggest things they brought up against Bill Hines 
was that he wanted to call an emergency meeting and Joe couldn't make it. And this last ad hoc meeting in which Will called the board together and undid resolutions that we yeah. passed condemning his actions and all that. Joe wasn't there. Joe had a proxy. He wasn't at the meeting. Oh my goodness. You know how many times the LNC calls meetings where people can't make it? I mean, I've complained about it, but I don't, I mean, it happens. Whenever you got more than one person, it's hard to, it's hard to coordinate schedules. And that meeting never ended up happening anyway. Yeah. I, the one that they're complaining about. It's really, it's so silly. It is so super, super silly at this point. And um, the LNC needs to do something. And the solution is super, super easy. They simply recognize the board that was elected at convention. Done. That's it. No must, no fuss. This really isn't as complicated as everyone is trying to make it. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what I put out to to uh to my lnc representatives i said i'm not calling on you to meddle in with with, with a, a state affiliate i'm not calling for you to to do you know any judicial anything all i'm saying is take a look at what our convention was who we duly elected mm -hmm. and recognize that consider everything after that null and void and, and not part of the affiliated because see, it, it, this is where they're making things so complicated. The burden of proof is on somebody claiming that the board has changed. Will cannot prove the board has changed because A, I went through all this again, but I'll lay it out to the LNC again. That notice of bylaws amendment was not properly noticed. Only to, There's multiple reasons why it wasn't properly noticed. Um, Will, you know, admitted that he buried it. There wasn't proper notice given for that meeting. It violated all kinds of parliamentary rules. It was not in accordance with the bylaws. It was not a proper meeting. I know what Will was trying to say is, well, our bylaws suck and I exploited them. And you wanna know what, if that was the case, if he did everything right, and it just so happened that the bylaws suck and he exploited them, the only option for the LNC would be disaffiliation. But that isn't, what happened. Will did not do anything legitimately. He cannot bear any kind of burden of proof. And the LNC shouldn't even have to have a meeting by this. The presumption always is who was elected at convention is the proper board. Will would have to proactively pursue the LNC to try to make the case that the board changed. He has not done that. So as far as the LNC is concerned, yeah, they should stay out of it. They should simply recognize who was elected at convention and leave it at that. And if that particular board complains, hey, this guy took over our website, then they should write that same letter that Joe Bishop Henchman illegitimately wrote to Gilletta Jarvis and give it to Bill Hines so they can get their property back. That's all the LNC needs to do. They're making this big like hoo-ha out of something and making it way more complicated than it needs to be. And funny thing is, I think Susan Hogarth recognizes this, but guess what? She threw off the LNC, the one person that would have had her back. Oops, Susan, unintended consequences really did just bite you in the ass, didn't it? Hmm. Because I'm the only person there that would have had her back. And she knows it too. She knows it. She knows she doesn't have the support of the rest of the LNC right now to do the simple and right thing. Because Susan is on the right side of this. She's being a coward about how she's going about it, but ultimately she knows who is right. 
Like she, yeah. she knows who's the right players are. I will give her that. I will not take that away from her. But she's not pursuing it aggressively enough because she set the precedent. If she does, she should be removed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the bigger question, I guess, with this is where, do, where does somebody like me and, and the people in Delaware go if this goes south for us? And what do people in, the, in these other affiliates, because I, I believe it was Massachusetts, I read the, uh, the proposed uh, uh, contract and things of that nature. Where do people go if the LNC doesn't, in, in our case in Delaware, the simple okay. thing is the, is the easiest thing. But, but where do we go from here if, it's not, if it doesn't go our way? How do we fight back? This is, it's, it's hard for me to tell because I don't know what the LNC is going to do on the 21st. But here is what I would suggest you guys start doing now. I would, are you a member? I don't even know if you're a Mises person. That's like how little, like I am a Mises person, but I don't keep track of who is or who isn't because like, I'm not that tribal. Are you a Mises guy? Well, let's put it this way. The Mises caucus is what drove me to be like, hey, I'm going to get involved and be involved in the party. As far as, you know, dues paying, like I'm wearing a Mises caucus shirt. I'm not doing that per se, but Mises caucus. I have many friends in the Mises caucus. Okay. So this is what you guys need to do. And if Michael Heiss is listening, I'll tell him this personally as well. Collect the signatures now to file an immediate appeal, even though I don't particularly trust this judicial committee any longer anyway, since they can't seem to rein in a corrupt LNC. But I am reserving judgment until I read their actual opinions, so I can't imagine they're going to write something that's going to change my mind. But I am trying to be fair to read their actual opinions on my case. Have, it takes 10% of signatures of registered delegates at last convention to appeal a decision of the LNC. To me, a decision not to do anything is a decision. Mm-hmm. That's disputable, but the day after this LNC meeting on the 21st, if they do not give the actual libertarians in Delaware satisfaction, file an immediate appeal with the Judicial Committee. Since I'm no longer on the LNC and I can interfere in the autonomy of an affiliate all I damn want right now, I will help you. But we need to have the 10% signatures. So Michael Heiss and the Mises guys, because they have more than 10% of people on their contact list, get the signatures ready. So that on the 22nd, if the LNC does not do the right thing, because time is right now. And the reason why I'm saying on the 22nd, there's there's certain deadlines coming up because a convention is coming up. They're calling this meeting way too late. They should have not canceled their November meeting for one thing. They could have dealt with this back then. But just in case they do something terrible on the 21st, you guys need to be ready to act on the 22nd and file an appeal. And that will preserve your rights. Because other than that, if they say they choose to do nothing, they have officially, then even if it's passively recognized Wilmot based uh, group as the affiliate, they will be the ones that get to send delegates. You will have been constructively disaffiliated. And that is actually a real thing. The precedent was set by Oregon, the, the term of construct, constructive disaffiliation. Hmm. So um, you got to be ready on the 22nd to file an appeal with the JC. 
that's really all I can think of you can do. Now, other people who've been around the party longer, they, they, they may think of some other things, but, you know, that would be my advice. Right. Which it, it sucks that it comes to this, but this is where, this is where it's at. This is, this yeah. is where we're at right now. But it takes a while to get those signatures mm-hmm. since it's what, the 10th or the 11th. Yep. I'd start getting them now. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, 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 with it, if the LNC does not take decisive action on the 21st, that puts Bill, Amy, the legitimate board back into the control of that party, there needs to be an appeal filed with the Judicial Committee. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess we got our work cut out for us. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm sure Michael or whoever's listening, I'd be more than happy to assist. My hands would be much more tied if I were reinstated to my position. So perhaps this all works out for the better because now I can also, um, there's been some people in Massachusetts asking me for help, parliamentary um, advice, even though they don't use ROR, they use a, a different system there on some bullshit that's going down in Massachusetts. A lot, of, a lot of work cut out for a lot be of people. Able to, I wouldn't be able to do any of that if I was still national secretary. So maybe that's the silver lining. At least there, at least there is a silver lining. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't suck though, because it, it does suck. Hundred percent, hundred percent sucks. Shouldn't shouldn't have happened, but here we are. So yeah, but here we are. And again, before I like light up the JC, I'm waiting to read their opinions because they might be reasonable opinions. Yeah, I'm holding out that slight glimmer of hope. I doubt it, but. It might be. So I'm waiting till I read them before I get pissed off at them. But I could be pissed off at the LNC because I already know their opinions and they suck. <laughs> right, right. All right, Karen. Uh, I've had you on for about 40 minutes now. I'm, I'm ready to Is wrap really? up with you. Yeah, yeah, it's been that long. It's been that long already. Um, so go ahead. I'm sure people already know where to find you, but but go ahead and lay out all your links right now so everybody can figure out how to find you if they if they haven't already. Okay, super appreciate it. Um, the YouTube channel is Pink Flame of Liberty. We'll be talking about Delaware later tonight. And 40 minutes is usually just my intro. I sometimes stream for four or five hours at a time, ranting, <laughs> about, ranting about things. Um, and uh, Twitter, uh, which is the only platform that hasn't banned me so far, even if it's only temporarily, um, it's at Karen Ann Harlow. So my name is spelled a little odd, C-A-R-Y-N-A-N-N-H-A-R-L-O-S. Um, Facebook. I have two accounts, depending on which one is banned. Um, right now, I'm using Karen Harlos without the Ann, but my primary account is Karen Ann Harlos. But that one is banned right now for posting a picture of the Tom Woods event with no words, nothing, just pictures of people. Apparently, you guys were so ugly that Facebook wow. had to had to ban me for 30 days. I got banned for 30 days for a picture. Wow. A picture, just a, literally, that was it. Um, so right now I'm on the other account. And of course, even though MeWe has tumbleweeds, you know, through it, right. uh, and it's a graveyard, <laughs> I am Karen Ann Harlos uh, there as well. But the best place is YouTube because I do stream nearly every night. And yeah. while my social media is heavily curated, meaning if you're an asshole, I block you because I, I just don't need that on my social media. On YouTube, I, I don't think I've ever blocked anybody i might have somebody who was just posting porn they didn't know me it was just like a troll i take all comers on youtube i will talk with my haters on youtube because i prefer 
a real-time conversation, social media is no good for that. Somebody posts 10 hours later, you respond, you know, 10 hours later, you respond. So that it, it, that's yeah. no good. And I'll deal with all my critics and haters on my YouTube live streams any day, but most of them don't have the balls to show up. So um, the live streams are the best way to uh, interact with me. Okay. All right. Well, then there you, there you have it. And Karen, I, I appreciate you giving me the time today. I know you're about to go on a stream tonight and I'm very much looking forward to catching up on that as well. And I'll, I'll include the links to that in this as it goes up, but I appreciate your time. I thank you for coming, having this conversation with me and for giving me some sense of direction on where to go. If things uh, don't go, if they do. I'm interested if somebody else has uh, any other ideas, because that's really the only path forward I could come up with, but somebody else might have one that's, a little easier because the one I suggested is not an easy road, but it's the only one literally I can think of. Yeah, absolutely. We welcome all ideas here. So post them below or reach out to, to either of us. If you got them, we would appreciate that. But Karen, you guys in Delaware know I I'll always have your back. Well, we, we appreciate you for it. We appreciate the work that you've put out in your, uh, in your episodes over the, over the last couple of weeks. All right. Thank you. You have an awesome night. You as well. What's up, guys? It's Thursday. Thursday! November 11th, 2021. And uh, I just wrapped up this conversation, actually, on a Wednesday night uh, with uh, Karen and Harlos, the pink flame of liberty. And uh, in our discussion, we talked a lot about what's going on with her recently being removed from the uh, LNC secretary position, things that are going on with the Libertarian Party of Delaware, but also... It's things that are going on with the Libertarian Party all across this great nation in many different states, many different uh, shenanigans, chicanery, whatever you want to call it, going on. And uh, I think it's an important discussion to have. It's sad that we have to have it, but this is this is where we're at um, with the recent happenings in Delaware. I don't think I have to bring anybody up to speed, and if I do, th- there's multiple other sources that you can go to to get these breakdowns of, of what has happened in Delaware and what's going on. Uh, but it's such tomfoolery. It's such. It's so sad and bad that this is happening to libertarians, if not deliberately sabotaging libertarian libertarians because of what's going on in this nation. The the gross overreaches of government going on, continuing to go on. The biggest fight of our lives laying in front of us and we're choosing to butt heads and squabble and try to take over party assets and drive other people out of the party. It's really, really sad. Uh, But I think we had a great discussion. So without further ado, without further delay, let's dive right into it. Karen Ann Harlow's on FritzCast right here, right now. 